Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer, sponsored by Coburg Road Car Wash. There is never a bad day for a car wash. And uh, we stopped by and saw Renee today. We have a great topic tonight, but I'm going to get like, talk to Renee first. Watch. Well, hello, Renee. You're sponsoring the show tonight, so I thought I'd get some video going through the car wash. Is that okay? Absolutely. And it's a great day for a car wash. I'm so glad you're here. It's never it's a bad day. never a bad day for a car wash. That is right. As you can see, everyone's coming. Watch the show tonight. I will. What time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock, Dark Yeah, we're going to have a heck of a time. I'm off here in a couple minutes. I will tune in at five o'clock. Tonight, hi, welcome back. We are here and we have a great topic tonight. I'm really excited about this because in Oregon, all you have to do is talk about moving the border walls and the lines of Oregon and people start getting, oh, you can't change my state, you can't change my state. I find it really interesting in one degree that we're really innovative when it comes to being the first state with a bottle bill, um, but we still don't have liquor at our grocery stores and you still can't pump your own gas. <laughs> oh my God. So now we talk about doing this and it's like, no, stop, you can't do it. It's an idea and it's an idea that is getting steam. Idaho doesn't want us. <laughs> Gary says, I know Idaho doesn't want us. I had people this summer when I was in Idaho tell me, do not come here and organize Idaho. We don't want you here. Um, yes, I wish Springfield could be part of it. Yeah, I don't. Springfield doesn't make the cut in this lines. Um, I wish that they'd include Cottage Grove and Cresswell. Well, let's talk to somebody who knows a heck of a lot more about it than I do. This is Keaton Ems. Uh, he's with Move Oregon's Border, which is basically greateridaho.org. Um, the organization kind of promoting this and working on it really hard. So, Keaton, welcome. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. Um, happy to answer any questions, dispel any concerns and, and just get this conversation going. Well, I think there's a lot of people that don't want this conversation to go. And that's what we specialize here is, um, and you, you guys recently, you were in Idaho on Monday. I'm going to just let you kind of tell people what happened while I kind of share this around a little bit. Okay. So, right. so on Monday we were in, um, in Boise, the, the state capital of Idaho. Uh, two of our members, Mark Simmons and uh, Mike McCarter, were basically testifying before a joint committee of, of House and Senate, uh, basically opening up the discussion, starting the conversation around what Move Oregon's Border is, what, what we're about, and, and how we're trying to do it. Uh, I think it was a great way to, to break the ice. Um, you know, these, are, these are counties in, in eastern and southern Oregon who in this grassroots movement are you know, gathering signatures, petitions, county by county, and they are putting it to a vote and they are pushing it forward. Uh, this is not some you know, outside force coming in to, to move everything around. This is you know, from the people, by the people. Uh, we're following a, a very constitutional process. And there's a lot of people in Idaho that actually do want us to come by. Um, Idaho would, would gain a lot of, uh, of land and territory, but most importantly, they'd get a, uh, a deep water port in Coos Bay. They would have uh, uh, access to, to other resources. Uh, there's so many you know, positive aspects for this. The people of Southern and Eastern Oregon would have representation in a state government that kind of caters more to a rural 
demographic. It's like shopping around for for your representatives. The the Portland uh, you know political machine dominates Salem, and then Salem dictates to the rest of the state. Uh, you know they're doing the most that they can for the most amount of people, and that's fair. That's that they can do that. The eight hundred thousand or so of us want to join Idaho, and and I don't see what a problem what the problem is with that if, if we vote for it and and it's peaceful and, and copacetic. Um, so let me show you. I'm gonna bring this up. Let me find this. So explain. It's gonna cover us up, but that's okay. This is the map of what it would look like. Right. So it basically takes in Lane County is the southernmost border of Oregon, right? Right. And then Bend and Madras is Madras in or out of Oregon? You know, with with Deschutes County, that is a that is something that we have to go kind of parse it out piece by piece. Uh, we are approaching uh, Lapine and Redmond um, city councils, and we might refer that to a to a city vote. Um, you know, with Bend, I know it's it's a highly um, basically Portlandized area now, and they're they're growing and expanding, and, and you know very much similar to to how Portland is. Uh, so they probably really wouldn't want to vote, but definitely the people on the north and and south side of Deschutes County would want to go and are pushing it. In fact, our our president is from Lapine. So. What about Coos Bay? What have they, Coos Bay North Bend at, at Oregon's Bay Area, what have they, have they been receptive to this idea? Because on the, on the positive side, after working there for a long, you know, my first TV jobs were down there. They have a deep water port that no one knows exists hardly unless you're down there. And Idaho would then have a port uh, to take them internationally. And it's a deep water port when dredged. Right. And, and I, I don't know if many people are familiar with the Jordan Cove project and the, and the liquid natural gas pipeline. Uh, it was a huge debate. Salem's kind of kerbotched that forum. Um, but the Coos, the Coos Bay aspect and, and Coos County in general, uh, 18 months ago, my understanding, and this might be a little bit of rumor, but they, they laughed at the idea. And it's totally understandable 18 months ago to laugh at the idea uh, of this generally moving Oregon's border, but, you know, you don't really want to be the first person on the dance floor when, uh, you know, something like this is going on. But as we've gained more and more momentum and we've just come through with county after county, getting petitions uh, with all the required number of signatures and then putting it to a vote and then it passing, we've had two counties pass. We have five more in May uh, that are going to be voting on it in a special election. And then, you know, seven to 10 more this fall possibly to vote on it. So it's so, definitely. So how, many, how many counties have said they want to do this? Are they uh, looking at it? Uh, well, I mean, all the counties in question are that we have county captains that are, you know, reaching out and, and starting to gather, uh, you know, either consensus or signatures. So, I mean, from, from that base level, all those people are there. Uh, we have two counties, Jefferson and Union, who have gone through the petition phase and put it to a vote and has passed. And that was last November. Uh, the five counties that uh, I just mentioned, uh, Malheur, Grant, Baker, Sherman, and Lake County, uh, they're voting in a special election May 18th to approve the measure, to, to approve the, the ordinance that, that forces the, the county commissioners to take up the idea. So, Keaton, this still is a real long shot. This is a tough sell because you have to get Oregon's congressional team on board, which we in Oregon only have 
um, one representation from the east mm -hmm. um, and everybody else is in the west. So if you don't want to, and, and wasn't Senator Wyden, what did he, he was quoted at a meeting recently in Jefferson County. What did he say? Yeah, ironically, in, in the one county that's approved it already, he had a, uh, a town hall meeting where he said, we're not going to let him go. You know, basically that this is that Eastern Oregon's our recreational area. And that like we're just their play thing that, that that's not going to be let go of, and you know to that it's like you know I want to I I I'm going to say like 16 out of the 18 counties that you know are in question didn't vote for him. He didn't carry hardly any of these counties, uh, you know, to to put him in office. So I don't know what he's trying to appeal to because none of these people were his, you know, supporters. Michael, the problem, uh, somebody's on here commenting, Michael, is um, about the great state of Jefferson. The problem is it's a lot more difficult to start a new state than it is to change the border of a state, which is why you're going this direction. Isn't that right, Keaton? Yeah, uh, I grew up, you know, spending my summers in Southern Oregon at Lake of the Woods, great secret place, hoping nobody ever hears about it. So uh, I'm very familiar with the state of Jefferson. Grew up knowing all about it, loved the idea, had a flag. Um, it's kind of what drew me into this because this is a great practical uh, very you know constitutionally made it we're not changing you know the the balance of power in in congress we're not adding two senators because a republican is is representing the eastern and so the Repu republican democrat balance would stay the same in washington right it doesn't change any of the districts that way. It's all that one area like that. So it doesn't, that's, that's not, we're not doing this to, to, um, to, uh, as people like redistricting, it's not drawing the lines to make it. So Republicans have somebody accused me that today. You're just doing it because you want Republicans to have more power. It doesn't give, I want people to have more power. And I don't know why we can't get past this, the political shit and get into the real, it really is what this is. And, and I'm going to read rivers Marshall. I love this guy, but I, this, this comment, it's something I'm going to go after a little bit. It's already out of balance. True. We need to keep our diversity. We don't have diversity, Rivers. Um, the problem is we have diversity. We have three million people in the valley. And how many in the in eastern Oregon? Uh, uh, you know, an easy number, we say like 800,000. So 800,000 people over there. Three Is it three million in the valley? Uh, total Oregon is about 4.2 million people. About okay. 860,000, roughly, of my understanding, I, I give or take a, a, a couple 10,000 there, uh, would, would is part of our proposal to be added to Idaho, which is only about 1.6 million people. So Oregon's still going to be the bigger state. Oh, for sure. And, 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 and think about the what we just had with the census. You know, we're supposed to add a congressional seat. And, where, and, where is that going to go? So Rivers, again, I'm sorry I'm picking on you, but this is like the problem. Because then you said we need more diversity. Well, you can't have diversity when you have three or three and a half million people speaking for over 800,000. And then you said we need to reach out to those who think differently and work hard fighting for those things which are important to you. Eastern Oregon has been reaching out and fighting and trying to get a voice in this state for 25 years. And nobody's listening. Because what happens is the valley dweller people say, you can't leave here. So even in this conversation, you're saying you don't have, not you, Rivers, but I've had comments today. You're saying you guys don't have a say. 
we're, we're keeping Oregon the way we are. It's because you have the voice and they don't. I wish every person who says that would go to Eastern Oregon, go in and don't go to Bend. That's not Eastern Oregon. I mean, to Burns and you go to French Glen and you go to the Diamond Hotel and you hit Rome, Oregon and Jordan Valley and you ask those people, are you part of Oregon? And they'll tell you, no, we are part of Idaho. We look to Idaho for, for our value. So it's not, you can't, they've already been talking till they're blue in the face. And I'm sorry, Rivers, I'm not needing to pick on you, but this is a really touchy issue for me because I ran for office. I went to those places, which my opponent didn't. And I heard those people's cry and they, they, they are so, they are so done with us. Um, it's not even funny. And, and so here we are again, because we have the population base telling them what they need to do. <laughs> That's what we need to stop doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Where I, I would like to, to see the checks and balances. Uh, all, the, all the Supreme Court justices for the state of Oregon have been appointed by Democrats. Democrats control the Senate, the House, now the Secretary of State's office, and the governorship. Where, where is the representation? Where, where's that balance? So how's that? It says, I wonder how the representation can be more balanced. You have to have more representatives over there. So they need more. And, and it's based on population. And that isn't going to probably change. That's a lot harder to change, I would guess, than the boundary. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the the direct democracy aspect is, has always been kind of a, a contentious issue because, you know, 51 percent can take away the rights of 49 well, in this case, it's it's what three point six million versus eight hundred thousand. You know, we're never going to win in, in a democracy, uh, and it's not really, you know, besides the issue of, of conservative, Republican, uh, or Democrat, liberal, whatever it is. I mean, there's still Democrats and 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 liberals who live in in these southern and, and eastern parts of Oregon who are also not invited to the table to discuss the issues that affect, you know, their communities. Salem is dominated by Portland politicians that all the things go back to Portland and come from Portland. So they're, they're left by the wayside and they're frustrated too. Well, that's the other thing too, is I think people assume that these are all Republican, you know, uh, counties and stuff. And I think when I was running, there's a lot of Democrats, they're old time Democrats, uh, but they're so tired of the current administration, not Democrat or Republican, but not being heard, they're voting against that. So it doesn't mean they're, they believe Republican ideals or that they, they, you know, wave that, you know, they don't wear their, you know, flag scarves and flag earrings and all that stuff. These are people who are looking for somebody to listen to them. And they've been doing this for over 30 years and no one's listening to them. So yeah, good questions. Um, River Nymph, I would love to be part of Idaho, but what would happen to our EMS State of Oregon license? I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Um, it's a nonpartisan issue. It's a matter of people not being heard a majority of the geographical area of Oregon. James Williams, exactly. And if we if we keep doing this, somebody already blamed me all day today. This is just a bunch of Republicans trying to do this. If we have that attitude, it's the same thing. You're not taking into consideration that these are human beings. I'm not saying the line should be drawn. For 20 years, I've been saying we need to be listening to rural Oregon and letting them have a voice. 
That hasn't happened. Now they're desperate and this is where it's going. So it doesn't, this is gonna be one hard sell to get to happen. I mean, it's to get this really to go because you've got to convince our congressional people. You got to congress Idaho's congressional people um, and more of the congressional folks are in Portland, um, you know, and the representatives are in Portland. So getting them to let loose and really do this. How do you do that, Keaton? So, so my pitch is, you know, what, what, what have we seen the last two years in, in the state legislature um, in, during session? Republican walkouts, denial of quorum, you know, nobody votes on anything, nothing can get done, a complete standstill. That is not a sustainable way to legislate in this state. You know, these, the, the policies that they walked out for, cap and trade, uh, banning diesel now is coming up again. You know, these are things that would greatly just destroy these communities and and have no regard the push forward by people with no regard for for what the what the um, consequences would be so moving our representation to a state government who you know caters to more rural communities the the kitchen table issues of you know schooling school choice uh, taxes you know a, a more realistic minimum wage uh, all of these things that you know are so like we could all find bipartisanship on you know between these people in, in rural and southern Oregon Democrat Republican if we were allowed to have that conversation but the conversation is dominated by representatives that are so far to the left and hold the positions of, of leadership in, in the legislature that hey if you want to go you know do all those progressive radical left things go do it you can you you rule portland the way you want to do it if you wanted to fund the police have at it we already have issues where it's like police take 45 a sheriff takes 45 minutes to an hour to respond to anything in these rural counties that's why i need to have my second amendment right to defend myself if, if something were to happen you know, we can't depend on on the policies that would come out of portland so if they want to go do it they can go do it leave us alone you know, you won't have us denying quorum anymore. You won't have us raising a, a racket or, or doing anything. You can just have at it. So River says conservative and rural people in the West of the Cascades do rely on the influence of Eastern Oregon. I think it's just important for people of like mind who live West to influence their neighbors to see things differently. I, I just I think that people are just tired of um I think people are tired. Honestly, I think people are tired of the radical left and the radical right. The ra a radical right is no better than the radical left. I think they're both dangerous. And what most Oregonians, I think, are looking for, at least in the statewide, is a moderate, a place where we compromise. And right. I think what they feel like is that the valley owns the message and there's nothing they can do. We can't get a compromise when you have a super majority in the legislature right now. And every single seat is, is, um, is now a Democrat at the top. That's not a balance of power. So how are they ever going to get heard in that conversation? I think that's the, that's, and it's okay to have this conversation. I mean, that's the problem is we, you know, people bully and stop us from talking about this, but maybe we don't want Oregon to change who knows, but we're having the conversation and we're looking at something and what we should be getting out of this, in my opinion, is to hear they aren't feeling listened to. And then you can go, Oh, well, we hear them. No, 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 no. They're not feeling listened to. Their values are not represented by the West. So how do we change that? 
We've tried a lot of things. This is what they're looking at now. That's my point. I don't, you know, if they do it or don't do it, it's not going to rock my world. It, it um, seems like it seems like they, they mentioned again, uh, kind of the, the concept of conformity. Uh, right. I'm not sure, you know, conforming, you know, the, the message isn't hitting, you know, from from the valley to, to Eastern Oregon. You know, they're not influencing us well enough. It's it's not about influence. It's not about that. that I don't want to be conformed to, to what goes on in the urban areas because no. what placates and what the issues are and the priorities that we have in, in rural Oregon are just not the same as the urban center. It's just. No, I, I, I remember, um, I don't think I, I told you and then I started thinking, oh, gosh, I hope I didn't already say this. So, if, Keaton, if I already told them on this thing, would you shut me up? <laughs> you have my permission. Okay. But when I, I did a story years ago in Rome, Oregon, and I went to a rancher and his wife and they said, yeah, the um, the environmentalists came out here and told us we could no longer let our cows water, drink water out of the Oahe River. So we had to fence it off. They never looked out in the desert at the lakes that we made, man-made lakes that were feeding elk and deer and fox and, and cattle. Um, they never looked at that. And she says, and then I went to Portland and to fight this ruling. And I stood on the banks of the Willamette River in downtown Portland and looked for 30 miles and saw a river that was polluted and encased in concrete. And I thought to myself, and you're going to tell me how to manage my river when my family's lived there for 150 years on that river. Right. That's the kind of arrogance that they're tired of. Yeah, is we don't manage our own stuff. We start telling them how to manage theirs when we should be, you know, take care of yourself before you go looking at your neighbor or your brother. And that's right. what they're tired of is people coming in with rules that work in Portland and work in the Valley but have nothing in common with people that live in the rural areas. And that's what we started, got to start looking at. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have this issue, you know, where they're trying to, to outlaw diesel. Well, all of, all of the natural resources and farming, all that stuff that comes up, you know, through the, the I-5 corridor through Portland, through just, you know, like they're saying all this pollution, all this bubble, you're, you're forcing us to funnel all of our goods and services to get to the market internationally through the port of Portland. You know, if, if we had the chance to get through Coos Bay, another deep water port, you know, th this economically depressed area where growth has just been non-existent my, in my whole life. I've never seen, uh, you know, the Southern Oregon economies grow by leaps and bounds. I've seen Portland change overnight. But why can't, why, why can't we, you know, open up these territories down here? And with Idaho the way that they approach corporate tax structures, the way they are more business friendly would just, you know, change the whole landscape down there. And I think people would be more inclined to live under that jurisdiction. Kyle Klein says, anybody know if people in like Idaho, does Idaho dislike Oregonians like Oregonians used to dislike Californians? I will tell you this. A woman came on my page and she said she, she lived in a neighborhood in Boise. And she says everybody on their side of the block was from Oregon. Everybody on the other side of the block was from California. Everybody had moved to get away from those places. And none of them told their neighbors where they were from because they don't want people from Oregon. Um, they don't want people from Oregon coming there and Oregonizing their community because they've seen what happened to Oregon when that's happened from other places. Portlandizing. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, people it, it, in Oregon are moving from Ontario to the other side of the border because they can't build homes. They can't, you know, afford the cost of living here. So they move, you know, 10 miles across the border 
where they can. It's just plain and simple. You know, they want they want a better opportunity for their family and they want a better living situation. They just can't find that in Oregon. I've heard people also say, well, if you don't like it here, then move to Idaho. Michael says this is happening because people aren't being heard and where they live and how they live are being changed without their voices being heard at all. So should they all sell their homes and move away as well? And I think that's the point. You know, a lot of these people in Eastern Oregon, they're third and fourth generation farms. Um, right. and this is this is what they do. And they love Oregon, too, but they love their land. Yeah. They love the place where they live and they don't want to just uproot and go to Idaho. They shouldn't have to. They live in a state. And that's what you're saying is here by redrawing this line, you could do something different. Right. It's like uh, it's like when the Rajneesh came to Oregon in, in Antelope. You know, they came and they, they took over the small, quiet town. They just wanted to, these people had retired and moved to Antelope. They didn't want to be bothered. And then the Rajneesh came and just changed everything. And now, you know, people are like, what, what happened? You, you just came out of nowhere and changed everything in our, in our state. You took over the levers of power and we're just helpless by sheer numbers. We can't do anything about it. So Chelsea says, but Rick, what do you mean by radical right? And what percentage of the right is actually radical? I believe that the radical right is about 1% of the right, and we don't condone them. We shun the radical right and condone their behavior and condone, whereas the left supports it. Okay, but Chelsea, let me just tell you this. For working in news for a long time, um, you may not consider some people radical right, but other people do. So what I'm saying is there is a radical right, there is a radical left, and I think most Oregonians don't relate to either one of them. What percentage is, is that's like, you know, measuring in the locker. I, I don't, we don't get into that. That becomes, um, that's just another fight to say I'm better than somebody else and I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that doesn't get us anywhere in this conversation. We have to look at the middle and where people are. The people are a little left of right or of the middle and a little right of the middle. But how far, it's, that's, like, that's like saying, well, he's worse than me because I didn't do that. And that that gets the conversation right back to where we always do, where we're better because we're Republicans or we're better because we're the left and we're progressive. And we, we have to stop doing that. I don't care what percentage it is. Gosh, I'm getting a little bit vile here tonight. Um, the yeah, I, would, I, would, I would agree with kind of both of your sentiments on that. You know, you have the you have more credibility when you're willing to call out the crazies on your own side, when you're willing to kind right. of point out your own faults and admit to your own failures, that really lends credibility to, to your, to your status and your side. So I, and I, you, I, have, you have to remember that it's all about perception too, right. because someone on the left is going to look at someone who is, you know, uh, what, what might be called moderate Republican. And they may think that you're a radical because you don't think like they think that's why, I mean, it's just mincing words, mm -hmm. but you get on that. That's a, that's to me, that's like a gerbil, on, a, on one of those little wheels in the cage. It just keeps going. It doesn't get us anywhere. So that that's why I bring that up. I'm not picking on you, Chelsea. I'm just fired up about it. People call uh, our movement radical, but it, it's not nearly as radical as some of the some of the proposals from the left. Well, I, I think that any radical is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Right. And so instead of saying radical, I think what I love about this is you came up with an idea and you actually did your homework and now Oregonians get to talk about it. And what we're doing here right now, supporting it or not supporting it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But what, what I think people keep bringing up too is, um, is that we are, we need to make sure that the real issue is, the bottom line is, this is not people that want to leave Oregon. 
This is people that are that have not had a voice for over 30 years and they're getting rules put on them um, by people that don't understand them, that don't think like them. And they're tired of that. Um, that's why they're they're going in and saying, we think we should look at this. Right. Um, that's my opinion anyway. And it's no, my it's the, the whole taxation without representation sentiment is, is well, well received here. James brings up the rural urban divide is not addressed appropriately. It's a hard conversation, but we need to have it uh, before it escalates. Um, and here's the thing, James, I'll tell you, there's a lot of political organizations um, who will tell you there's no, that's overblown. There's no rural urban divide. We have studies that show like that. It's like, <laughs> pick up your damn phone and call somebody in Rome, Oregon at the little cafe downtown. And I can guarantee you your statistics are, are shit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all you have to do is go, go talk to them. You know, that's what I think is so insane about all of this is it's like people on the, on the West saying, Oh, they don't feel like that. Did, did you ask them? Did you talk to them? And that's, they're, again, they're being left out of the conversation because we're speaking for them. Because, you know, just like that river in Rome and the Oahu River, those farmers, they, they don't know how to take care of that river. And I, I, I know ours is a little polluted and it's, it's dirty and scummy and it's got concrete all over it. It looks very unnatural. And it's it's just, but, but, but we need to help those people so they don't do the same mistakes we've done here. You know, and that's the crazy part. Yeah. I'm county commissioner in rural Oregon. Oh, James, are you really? Trust me, there is a divide. James, where are you a county commissioner in rural Oregon? Um, I would love to know that. Me too. Probably, had, probably seen your name somewhere. Hadn't had a voice since mail-in voting started in Oregon. So, so Keaton, what we got through most of the comments, they're going to keep commenting, but, um, Oh, in Lake County. Oh, I know who you are. Yes, you and I have talked. So James is in Lake County. So um, we're voting you know, May 18th in Lake Lake County. Yeah, I love Lake County. Um, I, I will reach out to you personally after this, James. Okay, so we'll get in touch with you. But yeah, so James, I would love if you even wrote out some stuff on here in the comment section for people. This will keep going to them. Um, be great to, and maybe the next time we do something like this, because there will be a next time, um, we'll bring someone like yourself on there. Because I, I, how does it, James? Here's a question for you: How does it feel when you have people in Eugene, Albany, Salem, Portland, Gresham, Beaverton, um, telling you um, what what you should or shouldn't do, or deciding things for your county? How frustrating is that for the people of your county? I'd love to see your answer. Can Lynn County be included? Miguel, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard to draw lines and then go in and make a little porta potty state like this, you know, and then and, and reach it over. Yeah, a satellite state of, of, uh, of Idaho was one of the questions that the Idaho legislatures had, making sure that we are very contiguous all the way. Rivers, yeah, I like your comment. I understand your comment. And I hope you have no hard feelings of me just kind of jumping on you there. That's what I do. And um, I just, this is this this is a huge issue for me because when I ran for Secretary of State, this is when I came out of there, that was the that was the best thing I got out of it. I just, I was, that's why I started the Pacific Northwest Backstories uh, travel thing, my wife and I do. It's a, an entertaining way to go around and introduce Western Oregon to these people. 
They're amazing, wonderful people. And, and people think they're racist and they think that they're homophobic and all this stuff. Well, sure, I'm sure there's some of that, but there's a lot of that here in the Valley because there's a lot more people. Most people over there that I run into, it's like, I don't care what you do. Just do what you do. And I don't just, I don't, you know, I don't need to deal with it. Um, and, you know, and I, I talked to a, a, a black man in, in uh, rural Idaho and he says, I'm the only black guy here. And he says, and they treat me really well. And I have a really strong voice because they listen to me because we have relationship. So you go to these small towns and we have this perception of what we think they are because one person called us something. Um, when as a people, that's like saying everybody in Idaho is this because somebody said this to me. That isn't fair. That's like saying the people do that to me all the time. I hate that. Um, when the way in which our senators were voted into office went to be popular vote, there was a big shift in power for people. Yeah, uh, I think that was the 17th Amendment. Senators used to be elected by the state legislator, so the state legislators had more power uh, from from the people up instead of the direct vote from the people to the to the U.S. senators. Yeah, I've I've wondered about that too. Um, Kyle, no, I can't run for Oregon governor. <laughs> I've said. Quite honestly, I've said fuck too many times on the air. <laughs> Every time I throw one out, it's another another opportunity to crush that political career. My wife goes, why do you do that? I said, because then I know I can never be tempted to do this because, of course, anymore, I, I think that would make you a great candidate if you're just willing to be yourself. But um, anyway, and also, I, I, I did that. I ran. I saw how people in Oregon didn't really. They just wanted to, somebody that was going to do something for them. And I'm not a very good yes guy. I don't do that very well. I kind of do go with my gut. Okay, so here's James. We're going to read this. It's very frustrating. I ask him to come visit Lake County all the time before they start forming opinions about the people who live here. In all fairness, though, there are really good people in Western Oregon and urban areas as well and try very hard to do the right thing. I've spent a lot of time in Salem and in the metro area. I have family there. But it doesn't change the fact that people are not being heard or represented appropriately, and he means in Eastern Oregon. James, I yeah, and and I'm not, um, and I'm <laughs> Kyle writes well. Fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you guys, if you, please don't take it. I'm beating up on urban Oregon. I am urban Oregon. I just have family that started in Baker. My 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 genes go into Eastern Oregon, but I was raised here, so I have urban attitudes too. And the only way, the only reason I can do this and say it with conviction the way I do is because I do go there. For 25 years, I've been going over there as a news guy doing stories on rural Oregon. And I so I do go there. I went to Steens Mountain when they forced them to make that into a monument. And they traded the farmer who I recently met back there, um, you know, two million acres of land for, you know, a few hundred thousand. And people back here in, in urban Oregon said, well, what a great deal. Until you go see that the two million acres was a bunch of frickin' sagebrush, and the land that he owned and got from his family is pristine, beautiful farmland in this in this canyon that was exquisite, and he traded it for a bunch of shit. So if somebody comes into your house and says, "Hey, you know what? You got a four hundred thousand dollar home. We're going to put you over here in this uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollar ranch house, but we're going to give you twelve of them." but you got to give up your big home. Then you tell me um, how, how that's fair to somebody to do that. And that happens in rural Oregon all the time. I think, I think that's a, a, a pretty big sentiment that we want to key in on is that we have no hard feelings towards the representatives that represent rural or that represent urban Oregon and the Valley. They're, 
they're in a, in a utilitarian fashion. They're representing the most amount of people and doing the most good for them. And more, you know, they have more power, more respect to them. Let us just go find, you know, a, a relative easier representation somewhere else. Well, that's why this is a, 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 pal a really palatable idea because yeah. it does leave. I mean, this is the good news in this, which I don't understand why people don't get that. There is a very certain attitude in the Valley of Oregon. Yeah. And so let that be represented. Yeah. And more power to them. And that's and that's I love that. If that's what you believe and that's what you want, that's great. But when you have 800,000 people and the majority of the land in Oregon that is not on that same page, um, then why shouldn't they have the same thing that you get? And that's really what it is. It's in fairness. It's saying these people and and here with, you know, to widen's comment about this is our playground. I go to Idaho and Montana and play in their playground all the time. It doesn't have to, no, I can't go there. I'm an Oregonian. I don't go to Idaho or Montana. <laughs> That's just weird. You know, it's, it's, it's making it fair. So yes, there should be this state of Oregon and this is what they want to focus on and believe then more power to them. And that's awesome. They but can give, still come visit. They can still come, you know, but give playground. a chance to be, to, to be in like mind with a group of people like themselves as well. And that's what that's what you're really asking for. Yeah. Um, that land trade off is like forcing a woman to have sex and then leaving monetary compensation on the way out. <laughs> OK, that's, how about cleaning up voter fraud first? Uh, yeah, this is a different issue. Um, so if people could opt out. The idea is very palatable. I would vote for it if included our city. All right. Hey, um, Keaton, thank yes, you so much. And thanks for getting me riled. Um, I haven't done that in a long time. That's kind of fun. Um, but this is, I think it's, I just like the fact that you guys are doing this and you're coming up with an idea mm -hmm. and, and it, it's going to change. And I, and just from talking to you and talking to Mike, who's in charge of this the group, um, yeah. it, 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 it's ebb and flow. You know what I mean? And if, but it says, why not put the idea out and say, Hey, what do you think? And then if people come to the table, um, you know, maybe that's the solution. When people keep going, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Well, that's your idea and that's great. But this is another idea and look how it spurs other conversations and other ideas. Yeah. We, we won't know if we don't try. And if anything, it'll, it'll be that we, we give ourselves a, a piece of negotiation to use in, in Salem. It's something that, you know, we have options. We're, we, this is the land of choice. We, you know, we get, we have the right to choose. And just as a, a shameless plug, please head to our, our website, greateridaho.org. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, Keaton, at greateridaho.org. Uh, I'd love to answer any questions and, and uh, connect with anybody who, who wants to know more. So, so yeah, you guys get involved. And, um, um, you know, and if you and, 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 I, and even I know Keaton just from talking to you that even if you're opposed to this, Tell them why, because then maybe there's a way they can refunnel this or change this, you know, to, to be part of that conversation. This isn't just about people that support it. It should be about people that say, maybe we need to try this. What if you did this? Because what if you, you right there watching right now, what if you are part of the new better idea that can make this even more palatable? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what they're looking for. This isn't like a group coming in and going, damn, we're going to take Oregon away from you. It's like, we want to make sure that it's fair for everybody. All right, Keaton, thank you so much, dude. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Great talk. I'd love to do it again. Okay, see you later, man. All right, you guys. So we have a few more comments in here. And, um, you know, and, and uh, thanks for having the guts to have 
the hard conversations, Rick. That's what we do here. And it pisses people off. And I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that. And you know what? I'm done being walking on eggshells. Um, I'm a native Oregonian. And if you're if you moved here, then you're native Oregonian, too. I don't I don't play the game of native. But you know what? I don't like where my state's going. I don't like it when it silences people. And I don't like it when just one side gets to own the conversation and when people bully people and don't let them have a part of the conversation. And you travel to rural Oregon and you sit down and you talk to those people before you judge them and you ask them questions and quit making up rules that impact their lives in ways you don't even know because you don't live their lifestyle. And that's why I think this idea is, to me, it's a, it's a great idea because it's putting people with like-minded people, which is what a district should do and um, that's why we do it. Why can't we add Lane County to Idaho? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think Lane County would want to go to Idaho. Um, the idea opens the conversation, helps build like-minded networks. Exactly. Gets the conversation going. All right. Well, that's it for now. Um, please, here's something you can do for me. Take this and share it on your page. Facebook's being real weird, especially when it's stuff like this. Um, they tend to downplay where you go. I do pay to push this out for my clients. Um, so we have that. Um, but they want to kind of silence um, conversations like this. So if you could take this and share it on your page, um, that way other people will see it. Um, and be educated and learn from it. And uh, if you guys live in Eastern Oregon, please share this on all the pages that you find out there uh, because we know there's a lot of people that want to understand that there are people here. And I think most people that I know of in urban Oregon are really supportive of what's going on out there. And, um, you know, let's see where it goes. I love the fact that they're trying something. I mean, what? So just sit here and be frustrated for another 30 years. That's not good enough. That's not how we do things. That is not Oregon. Thank you.